The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, guys. It's Vlad Harris here on their Panther Rants podcast. It's a Thursday late night, which means I'll probably release this one tomorrow morning. I didn't think I was going to have another podcast for this week, but I just figured I would do one anyway. Um, there's some things that have happened in recent memory, at least today. Uh, Pitt Football laid another verbal commitment from my local kid by the name of, uh, I'm going to butcher his first name, but Kai Wright. He's a uh, project as a linebacker, but he's also an athlete. Pretty interesting stuff. I just read the uh, free article that Chris Peake from Panther Lair posted. And I guess the kid, he saw all those verbal commitments Pitt was racking up and decided to speed up his process and commit. Because obviously... The local kids were were sleeping on Pitt, and now that Pitt's class is filling up, and there's some good kids on the, in this class as well. They now got to commit or make their decision sooner. And for some, they may just wait it out. I mean, we've, we've seen that before. I mean, in the past. I mean, back in two thousand three. You know, in the class of 2004, I believe it was that. No, it was Walt Harris's last year. 2004, class 2005. Pitt offered two running backs of the same size. One was Eugene Jarvis and one was LaRod Stevens. Pitt offered Eugene Jarvis, hoping he would commit. And Jarvis was a star running back at Central Catholic. Really good back. Pitt offered, and he just kind of shrugged them off, kind of. He wasn't going to wait out. And basically with Jarvis, he was um, waiting for other offers, basically. He wanted some uh, – he was hoping the bigger schools would have come by and offered him. But Jarvis was like a, a small back, maybe like 5'6", 150, similar build to the Rod Stevens. So Pitt said fine. Then the Rod Stevens committed and Pitt pulled Jarvis a scholarship. And Jarvis obviously, I guess, wasn't too happy about that. And of course, made himself out to be a victim, I guess, to local media. Mostly mostly Mike White, the PG. Like it was a bad, Pitt did a bad thing. The thing is, is Pitt offered two of these guys. Pitt said that they were going to take one of them. One commits. And of course, the other one was left out in the cold. But if you look at what you know, if you look at what transpired, I can you can see that Pitt probably got the better of the two. I mean, Jarvis had a good career at Kent State when he was healthy, but the Rod ended up going to the pros and played a few seasons. I mean, and 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 the funny part about this was he was backing up with Sean McCoy his last two years. 
So there you go. Think about that. He's backing up a potential 10,000-yard rusher in the NFL. For, you know, it's going to rush for 10,000 yards in the NFL. Still, still gets drafted. I think he did get drafted late, I think. But he, you know, he played a few seasons in Arizona. And came with Steelers, got hurt, and that was that. But still, he made it. And getting the pros is, one, is just is a hard thing in itself. So, you know, in the case of this class, these these out-of-state kids are, are picking up what Pitt's selling. And these local kids now are going, oh, my God, oh, oh no. These out-of-state kids are going to take all these scholarships. We've got to commit. So, yeah, Pitt's put some pressure on them. So they can wait it out and maybe go to the bigger schools because I'm sure they're hoping for Penn State, Ohio State. And I'm sure they've been offered scholarships, but, you know, it's a matter of if the interest is really mutual. Who knows? So, it's working out for Pitt. They got house money now. So, it's like, it's it's almost like they're, uh, it's almost like they're going shopping for a car, you know, and they have several cars and they're going back and forth with the dealers. When, you know, it's like when you, it's like when you get that, fir- you know, that first offer from one dealership, then you get two and you can, you can pit them against each other. So it's kind of like that in a way. All right, moving on. Uh, Pit Baseball had a change in leadership today. Announced uh, Joe Jordana resigned after 18 seasons, and I really thought that this guy was going to um, save his job because I, you know, if. You've heard me on this podcast mention, you know, the last few weeks mentioned, you know, what's this guy's future with uh, with Pitt? You know, did he, you know, could he have saved this job? Because you know, obviously, the guy started out Mercyhurst and he went to some NCAA tournaments. Pitt, the best he could do was was the Big East tournament. And that was it. And he did have some good teams during that span. I mean, their final year in the Big East. I mean, they were eighteen and six, and they went they won forty two games. Still couldn't make the tournament. They got to the ACC and they struggled. But this past year, they had they had a really good year, and in fact, they they made the ACC tournament for the first time and got. You know, I believe to the semifinals this past year, they made a, they made a big run. Unfortunately, it just came, it came up short. But I thought, you know, with that run itself, I thought that maybe he would um, he would save his job. But if anything, probably Heather like. Looked at the, um, she probably looked at the, um, the state of the program because they 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 went they won they won they were three games over five hundred this year overall, but they were eleven nineteen in the ACC. Still, that was their best luck they've had in the ACC. 
Not to mention you got the semifinals. But um, I think, you know, in the case of Heather Like, she probably saw the um, the direction of the program, the overall picture. And I guess she decided, you know what, we got to make a change. Because that's how she's been everywhere. So, if anything, for Jordana, it was too, it was too little too late. And Plus, the man's been here for so long, and he hasn't really done anything. So, I mean... It's amazing he kept his job job for that long, but but at the end of the day, it's also it's the it's the Olympic sports. So as some people have told me, Olympic sports were pit were so you know I guess I guess I don't know if you, ever, you could say low maintenance or whatever. Basically, it was one of those things where if they had, if they got a job in Olympic sports, they pretty much kept it for a long time because university was more worried about the, the big money sports. But now, when you're in ACC and and you know you gotta have, especially a much bigger conference, you gotta have an all around good sports sports programs, because I mean that's what it's all about. I mean, look look at Penn State. You know, we were, it was you know always known about their football. Now you hear about their hockey, their volleyball has won a bunch of titles, wrestling. Yeah, they're annoying as hell, and, and and sadly, we have to hear about them now. A lot more. You know, they 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 did well in women's for a while under Renee Portland. Now, not so much since they fired her. Football, obviously, they're still doing well. Men's basketball, not so much, and you know. As long as Pat Chambers is there, Pitt should be all right. Pat must still recruit well, but it doesn't really matter much. All right, well, we'll we'll keep track of that, and, of course, keep track of Pitt's recruiting as well. So we're at the 10-minute mark, and today, about two weeks ago, we went over Pitt's biggest wins, you know, big wins of Pitt's you know, pit football from 2000 to 2018. So today we're doing a lot. We're, do, we're going to do an, another script. We're doing the losses. Okay. So I got them narrowed down to tier one and tier two of the losses because I'm not even ranking them. Well, actually, you know what? Tier one actually should just be, it should be tier one, two, tier and tier three. Tier, the tier one losses will obviously be the Cincinnati games. At 2008 and 2009, because those were games that Pitt should have won, and they're the most heartbreaking out of them. Either one of them, I think 2008 was heartbreaking, but I think we were more shocked about it than anything else, because we were on a tear at that point, and we were hoping we can just go in and knock out Cincinnati. And of course, we fell down. We fell down behind 20 to seven, and just never could dig ourselves out. It, it was too little too late. 2009 was another story. Pitt was on a tear in that game. I mean, we're talking... They, um... 
they, Pitt, were up. They were up two touchdowns at the half. I mean, it was 31 17. And, um,. And, you know, Pitt just, um, I mean, even Bill Stoll had a rushing touchdown. That's how big that was. I mean, Pitt was, I mean, Pitt started that game off on a tear as well. I mean, they scored 24, it scored 24 points in the second quarter. You know, and obviously there were some, uh, some issues because we had, you know, for, as far as scoring goes, we kept kicking the Marty Gilliard. I mean, think about this for a second. Pitt was up 31. Pitt was up 31-10 at one point. Right before the half, they kicked the morning Gilliard. And it was a 14-point game. You can see that's when the ties started to turn for Pitt, for that game. Because since then, it would get back in the game. You know, third quarter, Pitt, I think one thing that doesn't get talked about in this game is that Pitt didn't score a single point in the third quarter. It, it, they drew, you know, they drew a t- total blank. Cincinnati scored seven points to make up for it. You know, and Pitt kept scoring and Cincinnati kept coming back. And then finally, I thought we were going to see, I th- I th- when Pitt scored with a minute 36 left, obviously Cincinnati let him score. There was, you know, you know there was obviously no, you know, it was obvious. Because Sensei was, if Sensei let them keep pound the ball, they weren't going to, they weren't getting up, they weren't getting, they weren't get the ball back. So, um, to Sensei's delight, the uh, extra point was muffed. And, you know, frustrating part about that is that the person who muffed it, he only had one job, was the punt. Well, actually two jobs. No, I think it was just one job. It was just to hold the extra point. That was it. Speaking of that player, he now is a coach for the Minnesota Vikings, and I forget his name now. It's it's funny because, you know, in my short-term memory, it's so bad that I just tweeted about the guy the other week. I said, this explains why Minnesota got their asses beaten by the Eagles. <laughs> this guy was this guy's our offensive quality control expert. So, obviously, that's the that's the biggest crushing loss. So that's tier one and tier two. Tier, I mean, it's tier one. I'm sorry. Tier two is going to be some other games. The 2005 Ohio U game, mainly because it was a humiliating loss. First year of Dave Wanstad, and we get humiliated. We get humiliated over time to Ohio U and Frank Solich. There was the opening game of the Paul Christ era, where we lost Youngstown State a one double A team. There was a two, there was a two thousand one South Florida game. If South Florida just started playing one one uh, A Division one football, they were one double A for a long time and. Perception-wise, it was bad, but South Florida had some really good players, and they won eight games that year. They were eight and three that year, and they had a bunch of guys. And I think some of those guys went to the pros too. I think 
Of course, 2003 Miami is going to be it was another crushing game because the Big East title was on a, on a line, just like Cincinnati. But but uh, the way that year went for Pitt, we kind of knew that that you know that game wasn't going to be win- really. It was winnable, but we didn't see ourselves winning it. And Miami wasn't really that good that year. I mean, they had great athletes, but they were overall a bad team. And tier in the tier two, I added Houston, the Houston Bowl game, mainly because how pissed off this game left me. Because the staff, Paul Chris's staff, staff, in the time he was here was so frustrating. It was almost like they were his staff was unprepared, and you could tell the way that in some games the way the team was playing that they were not prepared either. Pitt was up big in that game; they couldn't field an onside kick twice, and lost the game late. And I remember I couldn't wait for that whole staff to just to get the hell out of get the hell out. Now the tier three games I have. Well, for one thing, there's Notre Dame, 2012. I use that game because Notre Dame at the one point was ranked. They were one. Of the, they were in the top two. Pitt obviously had Alito in them. But um, the way things were going, it was at South Bend. We were going to eventually going to get screwed, and we did. And we couldn't pull away. Obviously, we stopped uh, running Ray Graham and tried to throw use Tino Sanzari to throw us to to uh, ice out the clock, and that didn't work. There was Miami two thousand two. Miami went to the national title game that year. Pitt had them on the ropes, and just couldn't get it done. You know, there were some, you know, some, you know, there were some, you know, disappointing losses that year, which I'll get to another one. Texas A&M was early in the year, year was a disappointing loss because A&M sucked. West Virginia in 2002 was a, was a, was one of the bad losses I have on this list. And the reason why is because if Pitt wins this game, they're probably going to the Gator Bowl. West Virginia won. But they didn't get, I mean, they brighted by going to the Gator, but unfortunately for them, Notre Dame <laughs> took the Gator Bowl bid. So it, it really didn't matter either way if we would have won or lost. We would be in some uh, crappy bowl. I think we went, we went to the inside bowl and won, played Oregon State and beat them. West Virginia ended up playing Virginia in the tire bowl, and Virginia waxed that ass. There's also UConn 2006. I have this as the lowest tier, although it was a bad, it was a really bad loss. But Pitt was pretty much done at that point. It's probably caught, I mean this did cost him a bull, a bull bid, but obviously Pitt was up fourteen and ended up losing overtime because the defense couldn't close out, and Matt Cavanaugh kept wanting to run Rod Stevens up the middle several times. And finally, closing on, I have two Iowa games on this list. There was a 2011 game where Pitt had a 27-3 lead. It was the first year of high, the first only year of the high octane, and we were seeing the high octane at that point. And well, the problem is with these type of high octane, high octane offenses is that it's all about tempo, <laughs> and and um, you really can't run the clock out, you know, grind it out with these offenses 
it's all about tempo, speed, speed. And, and if you can't move the ball, <laughs> you can't run out the clock. So Pitt couldn't move the ball, and they couldn't run out the clock. <laughs> so Iowa came back and won that game late. I mean, we all knew that what was going to happen. And, of course, it was Iowa 2015. That was Pat Narduzzi's first year. And I have that loss. It wasn't really a bad loss. It was a – Pitt came back in that game when they just willed, willed themselves. And they were also hitting, hitting in that game hard. I mean, they were laying some – the defense was just laying hits on these guys. And these guys were walking away hurting. And we got to see a physical Narduzzi defense and – Iowa's kicker nailed a 60-yard field goal. I mean, Pitt did all they could. It just the kicker nailed, it, nailed one hell of a field goal. So those are the notable losses I have, notable big losses. You know, there could be more. I mean, there was, there's a bunch from the Narduzzi era, but I just don't see them as, as infuriating. I mean, there were some ones this year, but we, we finished 5-7, and seven, so it's whatever. But anyways, guys, that's all I have. Enjoy your weekend. Hell to pit.